Welcome to Breakfast with Tiffany Show. My name is Tiffany Rosdell and I am a Tokyo-based transformational lifestyle coach. In each episode of this podcast, I want to explore the positive transitions other people have made to, how they freed themselves from their struggles, what pushed them to overcome their difficulties, and how and why they felt like they could overcome. Breakfast with Tiffany Show is really all about the transitions everyone who wants to succeed makes and what they did to get there. As such, while the focus is on LGBTQ plus journeys, I want to share the stories of all people who have found their way to success. My hope is to have this platform for all of us to be together while listening to successful stories, amazing life experiences, inspirational journeys, as well as having good laughs and lots of smiles. Ladies and gentlemen, may I introduce you to something quite extraordinary. It's the Breakfast with Tiffany Show podcast. And now, it is with great pleasure that I introduce you to your host, Tiffany Rossdale. And we're back. Welcome back to Breakfast with Tiffany Show. And this is your host, Tiffany Rossdale. Hope you are doing well. I always love to start by saying how I'm grateful for you for taking this time to listen to the podcast. I can definitely smell and feel the autumn breeze. I just love it. Especially when I go out, when I do my running. Um, there's this smell that I love during autumn. I can explain it, but it really smells good. You can't really smell them everywhere, but there are certain spots in nature, particularly the trees where you can smell this autumn smell. And I love it. So it's not just the beautiful colors of autumn uh, that you'll see in the leaves in the parks, but also the smell is just amazing. So I hope you're enjoying your autumn season as well. For those of you who doesn't have autumn season, definitely enjoy the weather that you have in your country. I'm originally from the Philippines, and in the Philippines, we only have two seasons, which is the rainy season and the summer, a very, very hot season. I love my country, the Philippines. Don't get me wrong, but uh, the season, having four seasons here in Japan, makes it even more special. So yes, definitely appreciate season wherever you are living right now and wherever you are coming from and listening to the podcast. I love reading comments. I love reading messages from people, especially if it's about the podcast. And today is a message that I receive from a very good friend. Uh, his name is Lauren from Paris. And here is his message to the podcast. Dear Tiffany, you are more beautiful than ever. I listen a little bit and congratulate you for the amazing job you are doing for your community. I hope I can see you again. Hugs and kisses. Thank you so much, Lauren. I appreciate your message and I'm glad that you're listening to the podcast. This type of messages like definitely gives me joy, definitely motivates me and the team on the podcast to continue serving you. So if you haven't left 
a review, rating, comment, or even a message, please do so because this will help us to continue and know what you want to hear on the podcast. That's one way you can help the podcast. And also we have our PayPal and Buy Me a Tea app where you can send us teas. I love tea. And that also can contribute tremendously to help us with this podcast we do every week for you. It's all available. All the links are available on the podcast. So definitely check it out. I highly encourage you to let us know your thoughts on the podcast by going to the Facebook page. We have our official Facebook page where we post every episode and you can comment. And that's the way that you can also um, connect with other people who listen to the podcast. And that's the only way we know who literally listens to the podcast because we don't know who downloads and listens to the podcast. The subscribe button is available also on your any of the podcast app that you're currently listening to right now so don't forget and turn on that notification so we can update you every week of the new podcast episodes that we released enough of that shameless promotions let's go on now to the continuation of our topic last week which about the animal sanctuary a very good friend of mine mina who lives in chiba prefecture here in Japan, not really far from Tokyo, where she she started her own animal sanctuary and we got to understand what an animal sanctuary is last from last week's episode. So this week we will go on to the continuation of the conversation and we will go to the nitty gritty of the animal shelter and also the animal behaviors. I love understanding animal behaviors and my chat with Mina during this interview, we covered some very um, fascinating topics about the animal behavior, so especially the the wild animals. So I hope that you will enjoy and uh, you'll learn a lot from this episode. And this is the last part of the last week's episode. So I was going to ask you, Mina, what was it of all the animals you've brought, like you've taken care of here in in your sanctuary, what was the most challenging one? Layla. Why? Because she needs attention all the time. So Layla is, that, that's Layla, <laughs> the parrot. She's very destructive. Um, she knows. She's yeah, like, oh, it's me. <laughs> she needs attention all the time. Layla! She knows we're talking about her. It's so funny. She, she needs a, a very complex diet, like lots of different types of vegetables. Fruits and vegetables, but mostly, mostly vegetables of all different colors and different shapes and sizes. Sometimes I warm them up and steam them. And, it, and how long you had her? Maybe about a year or so. Mm. I'm not really good at keeping track of when and. Do, so. do you have like a record of them, like whenever they came here? Mm. But I can go back on my Facebook posts. Oh, because you post yeah. it when you, whenever you receive them, right? Yeah. When they arrive and how long they've been with you. Yeah, I was doing that on my phone, but mm. then all my photos got deleted. Yeah, no, Layla, she needs so much attention. Mm. And she's also escaped once. Escaped from your house? Yeah. The sanctuary? The window was open. I made breakfast and I went back. That's why I need to have breakfast before the 
parrots are awake, I need to have breakfast ready. Mm. And I didn't have breakfast ready that day. Mm -hmm. So I quickly made breakfast and the window was open. You know, you see she's able to open <laughs> these doors, right? Mm. And she had gone. And um, what happened? How did I, she came back? I called the police. I called different um, rescues. I called Hokenjo. I called the city hall. I called everywhere. Then I looked on Twitter to see if anyone had sp spotted a macaw. And I got some replies, like, there were two people, like, I've seen a blue and gold macaw, but it was in a different place in Japan. And I was like, how many macaws are out there as pets that have just escaped in this past week? Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> but I found her the next day. Before I went to sleep, I called the police one more time, and I said, she's probably going to cry from, um, like, scream in the morning. For, for food. For food. For breakfast, yeah. And so if you get noise complaints from the neighbors around here, that's probably my parrot, so please call me straight away. Mm. And sure enough, 2 o'clock in the morning... 2 a.m. Yeah, she was only five minutes away. Like, uh -huh. I searched everywhere. I was walking around calling her. She was five minutes away. I got a message from one of the neighbors. Did you lose a parrot? And I'm like, yes! <laughs> I ran over. She was... There was a three-story building, and she was on the roof of it and it was too high for her to get down because she's only oh. ever been in a room so she couldn't fly down and she really wanted to come down to me uh -huh. but she was scared of uh -huh. heights uh -huh. which seems strange because she's a bird, bird yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she couldn't get down i was there for about an hour I, I was trying to call her for ages and i took some some apples and i took some treats that she liked and i put out a blanket for her and i was like okay come down here and i went like far i went close so that she could just fly down i went fast so she could kind of glide out to me mm -hmm. nothing worked and in the end the guy that lived in the house i begged him to let me in and he didn't want me to come in all the passers-by were stopping to watch and some people were bringing ladders for me to try and get up. And that's like, like in the middle of the midnight, like 2 a.m.? Oh, no, it was later on. The guy told me that she was screaming from 2 a.m., uh -huh. but they called me at like 7 a.m. Mm -hmm. And then, so I had to get onto the ledge and hang out. And I was in a, like a star shape hanging <laughs> off the third story. Oh my Layla! Layla! Please, no wind, because it makes me do like a flag. And then she kind of shimmied across the, the drain towards me. And then finally came onto my hand. And she I, flew. Yeah, it, she didn't fly. Oh, she didn't fly? No. She just kind of like scooted herself along. Oh, so she's really scared. Yeah, she was really scared. Mm -hmm. And then she, she put her beak on and then she tried to reach with her hands, but she mm. couldn't reach my hands. So she had to get back up mm. and then I finally got her and then I took her inside and mm. I gave her a big cuddle and mm. then we ran home. <laughs> when we got home, she went, It's yeah. <laughs> like she pranked you. <laughs> oh that was like a God, prank. I hate you. I felt like the worst human in the world for losing you yesterday. <laughs> I risk my life to save you. I bring you home and you go, ah. That's so funny. Like with all the animals, like how do they know you? How do they come to you? Oh, there's so many different ways. I have mm. contacts in, for example, illegal importers. Mm. They don't know that their boss is an illegal importer or a gang member or mm. some kind of shady person. It looks like a normal job. Animal lovers 
work in pet shops and they work in these kind of places. Right. And illegal imports, they sell to zoos and they sell to pet shops. So they have a very wide variety of animals. All the pet shops they buy from Tonya-san. Oh, like uh, the main hub for where, yeah. where it's all coming from. Yeah. So oh. um, like for animals, mm. people sign up for these jobs because they love animals. Mm. And then they see these animals that come imported, they're half dead and oh they gosh, can't yeah. sell them and they don't know what to do. Uh, they can't show them to people visiting, so they get put in a back room. These people, they I've made friends with those kind of people, and they, they message me like, "Hey, Mina, we've got this kind of animal. Can you can you take it? Because mm. it's gonna go to the gas chamber tomorrow mm. or something." Mm, 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 mm. So I do that. So I there's mm. these. Um, we have them in the Tonyasan in pet shops. Mm. Sometimes animals get dropped off in the middle of the night anonymously. I wake like, up and I'm like. Did you just drop, drop it? Yeah, like a dog tied up outside or something. I'm like, oh, again. Mm-hmm. Um, there's people that um, just know me from Facebook or something. They've seen posts or they've seen some article or something, and then they message me and say, "Hey, I found a crow or a pigeon. Can you take it in? Because I don't know what to do because mm-hmm. there are no other wildlife rescues around here mm-hmm. or anywhere in mm-hmm. Japan. It's so hard to find some someone that will take in." An injured bird or something. Right. Then mm. other shelters, if they have animals that they can't deal with, mm. that they can't home, can you take an aggressive dog or mm, can you mm, take mm, this mm. terminally ill mm. animal? And I'm like, mm. yes, okay. Because as a mm. sanctuary, it's mm. different as a shelter. Sanctuary mm. takes care of the animal for the rest of its life, like protects it indefinitely. Unless I find a home. A better situation than here, then I'm happy to to lend them. Yeah, really give them yeah. adopt adopt it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if someone's gonna give the dogs a better life, like for example, the dogs outside, they have so much space to run around. They've got other dogs to play with. Yeah. They can bark and not get complaints. Yeah. But if someone wants to adopt one of those dogs and take them into an apartment, mm. like the big body dogs, mm. they're not gonna be happy. It's really hard with cats. Yes, mm. I can, mm, mm, and mm, I do have some cats out on foster at the moment in foster care as well. Mm. So I also do fostering. To be realistic, I, if I just said yes to all the animals all the time, there'd be just too many, and then it would be too stressful here. This is now I don't know how many we have, like a hundred, mm. and we mm. can sit here in this room and have a quiet conversation. Mm. <laughs> and it's not just cats and dogs; it's literally like all kinds of animals. Like we have the. Peacock. Oh, where's the other? Oh, it's right here. <laughs> the other peacock is right here. So it's everywhere. But it's so fascinating to me that how all these animals can be all together in one room. I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> I don't know how it happens either because a lot of people say that. They're like, mm. how do you have like birds and cats and dogs not fight? Mm. Mm. Like, you get bitten by a dog I because <laughs> because of the food, yeah. but not like them fighting, right? I would put myself in between any fight. If I see something dangerous, then I'll put myself in that danger mm. to stop another animal from getting hurt. Mm, 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 and that's why I have scars all over. <laughs> wow, it's really fascinating. So, is there any animal behavior that you you've recently discovered and you are like just fascinated? Yes, the police dog over there, uh-huh. and he's, he's still a baby, right? Yeah, he's, he's still six a baby. Months old here on the condition that I don't neuter him. Mm. And everyone says, spay and neuter. 
uh, because uh, the dogs live longer and they're happier. Mm. But they said no neutering. So I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to do all this research and then I'm going to give them a case and be like, this is why you should neuter. It turns out it's wrong and you shouldn't always spay and neuter your dogs unless there's a medical condition Mm. or unless you don't want to overbreed. But I don't have any female dogs that need that aren't spayed at the moment so there's no mm-hmm. fighting gonna happen working dogs like police dogs they don't spay new to them they sometimes spay the females for the heat cycles mm. but um they perform better um you know the smelling dogs that smell out drugs the, yeah and, yeah and, the, the and one in immigra- immigration right yeah yeah they did a study on 130 something german shepherds neutered and unneutered and the neutered ones could smell and perform better than mm. the unneutered ones. So they dull the senses as well. As a dog trainer, 99.9% of the dogs that I used to work with were fixed. So it doesn't solve behavioral problems. Mm. And that's what everyone thinks. It's like you neuter and spay them, it's going to calm them down and there'll be a different dog. It doesn't mm. work like that. Mm, 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 so mm. what we've been told is completely just wrong. And if you don't need to, you you don't need to cut into your animal mm. and alter them. Unless there's a medical condition and to save their life, then yes, you should. But otherwise, don't. Right. Isn't it so fascinating, too, that you can, once you do some researching and then you really want to try yeah. if it's going to work or not, right? Like, that's like, let's try and test if it's going to work. I mean, they said that six mm. months old, mm. um, they start to show aggression mm. if they're not snipped, but... Mm. I mean, look at him. Very quiet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I showed him a baby pigeon, like one that I'm hand feeding at the moment. And he's like, he loses fights to the, the less than two kilogram puppy here. Oh. <laughs> he's just completely the opposite of aggressive. Mm. But you do sometimes get dogs like that anyway. So. Right, right, right. Oh, another one. Mm. Breeders. Mm. People that work for breeders. Mm. So if breeders have a certain image to uphold. Mm-hmm. For example, years and years ago when I was working at the rehabilitation center, mm-hmm. this was my first case of that. Um, it was a Japanese, okay, Yakuza. So Well, we have Japanese mafia in yeah. Japan. <laughs> and he was a dog breeder. He was well known for only breeding very big, bulky pit bulls. Mm. And then he got these two um, small pit bulls and he just put them aside and left them to die. So one of the people that was working there contacted the shelter, the center that I was working at, and it was an eight-hour argument to get those two pit bulls and we had to sign NDAs, like we drew up contracts saying, I will never mention your name to anyone, Mm. I'll never talk about this dog and where it came from and like very, very fine print contract that they didn't want to give it to you yeah they're, they're planning just to let it die yeah. oh my gosh i mean i don't even know your name i don't care mm, <laughs> mm. they didn't want their image their reputation to be broken mm. from having two small dogs so um i've got a puppy here mm. that puppy is supposed to have patches on both eyes mm, 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 mm. so it's supposed to be dark on both eyes and mm. the more symmetrical the mm the mm. better they are. And mm. this is one of the top breeders of this breed in Japan. One of the staff was um, asked to get rid of him. 
Because of that? Yeah, because he doesn't have colour here. And how old is he? He's still less than 12 weeks, so he should be oh with mum and dad still. Still a baby. What breed is that, Nina? Papillon. A papillon, eh? And also, this ear was flopped down for a while as well. Mm. So, I got him at eight weeks old, mm. and he should be with the parents until 12 weeks. He was way too young to be mm -hmm. away from his family. A lot of these animals that is in your sanctuary are from people who pet them and then they can take care of them. So what's your advice to people who wants to pet an animal or if it's their first time, like they're going to a pet shop or they want to adopt something? I would contact one of the big organizations like um, any cat or dog rescues mm. and volunteer as a like a dog walker. Mm. When I rebuild my new place, apart from my living space, I want to build like a living room with a big screen TV and a nice sofa mm -hmm. where people can come and hang out with cats mm. or hang out with dogs that are going to adoption. So they get the feel of like a home life and mm. watching a movie with a human mm. and something like that. So I think mm. that's important for the animals at shelters to get a lot of people over an interaction, mm, 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 positive mm. interaction with people. I think it's really important to let them experience how it feels like before they adopt a yeah. pet. Another thing that I wanted to do, I haven't actually told every, anyone, mm. um, a lot of people are asking me, I want that puppy or they're messaging me, mm. I'm not going to adopt out puppies anymore. Mm. I am a professional trainer, so what I'm going to do is train each puppy that comes here mm. in a specific genre. Mm. Like, he's not doing so well at the moment, mm, 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 mm. but he's Schutzen training, mm. which is protection dog training, and don't get me wrong, that's not an aggressive dog training mm. thing. That is also something that I get told off about, you're, teaching, you're raising a killer. I am not. Mm. I am raising a dog that has extreme self-control. Mm. Like with a pit bull, if a pit bull had a bite on another dog, there's nothing I could do to, to take it out. I have to put a stick or something inside their mouth to pry their mouth open. Mm. But if he, like when we get on with training, we haven't done any bite work yet. Mm. So people think that, that I'm training mm -mm, aggressiveness and mm -mm. I'm like, I'm not. I'm mm. training self-control. Because mm. tug of war, mm. that's imitating um, what they do with prey animals in the wild. They're hunting, mm. like chasing balls. They're hunting, they're biting. All, all these games that we play with our normal pets, we're training hunting behavior. Mm. And that's why they enjoy it so much. But mm. what I'm teaching him is how to control that behavior. What's the most thing that they need? They need something that they can depend on, which is why it takes me so long to decide on a home because I'm like, are you not going to get sick? Mm. Are you going to be able to provide for this dog for the mm. rest of its life? Do something silly and go to jail or get deported or mm. there's many, many different things. Another thing that I wanted to do is with the um, puppies, mm. if someone wants to adopt them, they'll go through like one or two years of training here for someone who wants to adopt them, I would require them to come here once a week for about eight weeks and do a course on mm. dog training mm. for that specific dog as mm. well. So if they take the dog home, if there's some behavioral issues, they're already equipped with the information to deal with that. The dog doesn't just get given back for mm -hmm. bad behavior. I think that's a good idea, like to really know... Yeah. Um, their behavior. So I'm going to have them go on walks together, mm. sit down and watch a movie together. Mm. 
basically do a course for the human to be a certified pet owner. It should be like that. Exactly. When, when I when I had my dog before, of course, I thought like it's cute and you know like I take care of it. But in reality, I didn't have any like idea what to do. Yeah. So yeah. I think understanding those behaviors are very important. Yeah, what to do because sometimes we do the exact opposite of mm. what we should be doing because it just oh right. stop it it's yeah. annoying me right now and yeah. then our emotions take over. True. We don't react in the right way. How do you motivate yourself, Mina? Like in taking care of all these different types of animals by yourself. This is what I love. Uh, if you do what you love, you don't really need motivation because mm. that's it. It's mm. right there. There are, of course, days where I feel sluggish or I have bad menstrual cramps or I have mm. a migraine or something. So what happens with d- during those times? Suck it up and do it. There's no question. It's, it's not like I can have a day off because mm. I'm feeling bad. Like a hundred animals and don't get food today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that can't no, happen. Yeah. The quality might not be as good that day, mm. but I'll get everything done. Because mm. I've known you for many years and you were always fit. And you've been like, and you've been training and you've been also training other people too, right? Like that was part of your job before. Yeah, before. Yeah. So do you think that that helps you too? Like that yeah. being fit, like taking care of... Because if you're not fit, like it probably impossible, I, right? I, I don't think about like the physical side of it that mm. much because mm. I, I was used to like kickboxing and, mm. and boxing mm. like every day in the gym for mm. two to four hours a mm. day. I had a volunteer over. We got like a hundred kilograms of cat litter. When I buy... Stuff. I buy like a hundred kilograms of food or a hundred kilograms of chicken feed, a hundred mm. kilograms of cat litter, mm. and they come in like 20, 30 kilogram bag. And I'm like, okay, we need to take it from there, and then we put it, we take it to the shed. Let's go. And then mm. I took mm. one and I walked to the shed. Mm. And this guy had taken two steps and was like, <gasps> like, what is he doing? And I ended up carrying it all anyway. So I don't really think about the physical side of it. Mm. At the end of the day, I'm like, oh, are you still are you still doing it now? Like, no, not anymore. Nothing. But I guess like taking care of the animals, it makes you fit. yeah, it makes you like it's like workout. With him, he has weak back legs, mm. so I take him to this hill. Mm. We run up the hill. Mm. And That's a workout. Yeah. <laughs> The next bit is the workout. I have to carry him down. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's really not light. Uh-uh-uh. So I carry him down. And then we run up the hill and I carry him down. <laughs> I, I think there's so many people inspired of what you do and taking care of the animals. If they're going to ask, what kind of help do you need now? Funding. <laughs> Funding, yeah. Because sure. I want to expand. The thing is, uh, people do like to come on site and help out. Yeah. But the things that I need help with is like cleaning dog poo up from the walkway or Mm. cutting the weeds Mm. and putting it in a box Mm. and stuff like that. And Mm. when people come here to help, Mm. what they really want to do is interact with different animals and Mm. see interesting animals. But Mm. that's not the help that I need. Right. A lot of the times if I show them everything, then I spend a lot of the time of the day explaining to them. Mm. how to do something about the animal and then I miss out on a whole bunch of other stuff that I needed to do. So it's not good to have people come here like one-off and 
right. volunteer for a day unless you don't mind just mm. weeding the garden or mm, doing mm, one specific thing. Mm. But if it's funding, then I can hire a professional to come with a lawnmower and mm. <laughs> do it in five minutes right, right. and be out of our hair because mm, mm, mm. some, some of the dogs, they don't like people, still the ones outside, they get mm. really stressed out. Mm. Uh, with funding, I can get a carpenter to build more enclosures outside so we can have the peacocks go outside and we can like mm. expand and become a better sanctuary for the animals. That's what I need, really. And um, you, you have your Patreon, you have your Facebook page. Yeah, so we'll also like include that for the show and the links that you you. you do like uh, for people who wants to support you and do all that. I think I asked you this before, but I want to ask you for the show because animals doesn't live longer. Like they, they don't live like as humans. We live longer. Mm-hmm. A lot of the animals they live shorter. Doing this for sev- several years now, you've dealt with many animals that passed away. How do you dealt with the grief? It depends on the animal. Mm. Um, even when I adopt an animal out, mm. I I lose it and I cry. Mm. Uh, I tell this story often because it's kind of funny. Mm. But uh, I had one guy come to adopt a guinea pig. Mm. Mm. And uh, I cried so much when I put mm. the guinea pig in the crate and said goodbye. I was kissing his mm. face and kissing his back. He was asking is it really okay to, to, to take him? And I'm like, yeah, take him. Just make him happy and send me some photos. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, I, would, I, I cry a lot. Mm. A lot of the times I have a process that I started a few, maybe a year ago. Mm. I would hold the animal sometimes just until I was emotionally ready to let go. Mm. I would hold on to their bodies mm. and sometimes like... <laughs> Oh. Sorry, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> my surface dog, my pit bull died uh, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I'll usually do is I will physically hold on to their bodies mm. until emotionally I'm ready to let them go. And mm. it depends on what we've been through together, mm. how strong I'm feeling at the time. Mm. When I'm emotionally ready to let go, then I can bury them. But mm. Recently, my my service dog passed away, and I I felt I couldn't hold on to her body because she was the one that helped me start everything. Mm. She was the one that made me get my dog trainer's license, and she became my service dog, and she was homeless with me. She was mm. uh, there for me all the time. On our website, she's the co-founder because mm. without her, this place wouldn't exist. She's been with me for a quarter of my life, the whole mm. past decade. Mm. I couldn't hold on to her. Mm. I had to bury her but keep her close. So she's buried at the, right outside my window, right by the head of my bed. And I had a friend come over, a volunteer. He helped dig a big enough grave and... She's a big pit bull, so carrying her to the grave. I got all the flowers in the garden. Any animal, when they die, mm. I put flowers and make it look nice because I want the last few of them on this on the earth mm. to be a nice one. Mm. And then I said, okay, you can cover her up now. <laughs> and he was, <laughs> I think he was so confused because mm. I was helping covering her up, but then I saw her body going away. So I was trying to dig her back oh. up again just so I could touch it to mm, say goodbye. Mm, mm, mm. 
And he he would stop and be like, shit, I'm like, I don't know what to do. Mm. I'm like, no, keep on, just, what are you doing? Just cover mm. her up. Mm. But then I keep digging her again. Mm. But yeah, the I mean, every animal is different. Mm. She's the one who's been with you long, right? Yeah. And, and that must have been really heartbreaking. And wow, what a journey. And I guess like she's the one made you. Yeah. Kind of a motivation too, right? Like to keep going and continue all this, what you're doing. My next question would be like, what do you see Nina's animal sanctuary in 10 years? How do you see it? I want it to be an education center. I want to raise awareness. I want the next generation of people to understand about the animal industry, about animal welfare, because that is an issue that's so... Not spoken of enough in Japan. Mm-hmm. And I want to show people that if you really love an animal, it's not about owning it. Unless it's a dog or a cat. If you love a meerkat, then donate to a meerkat sanctuary. Or if there's one close to you, go and help clean the mm-hmm. stalls or something. Mm-hmm. Don't go out and buy one because that's not what loving an animal is. Right. A lack of respect there. Mm. So I want people to learn how to respect mm. and live alongside animals properly. Yeah, like I, I think you were talking to me about it too before about the owls. They weren't, they weren't supposed to be with human, with people. No, they, they were supposed to be like in the wild. And now in Japan, we have a lot of owl cafe. And I've seen like two beams like this, about this far apart, mm. and then they have owls with tethers that long, mm. that, so they can take like two, three steps either side, and they're tethered to the beams, like one, two, like the spacing in between them mm. is like this mm. far, mm. and they're just all across like that. It's so horrible, because they're trying to fly away and get pulled down again. Mm. Most owls are nocturnal, yeah. so they're up in the middle of the night, they're Antisocial. They like to sit in a tree and just be like, hello, dear. <laughs> hello, dear. Hello, mice. <laughs> just like watch. And then when they're hungry, they go they and get hunt. It. Yeah. And then they go back up to the tree. They're not active. They, mm. they don't want cuddles. So imagine if you're an antisocial person and then someone mm. puts you in a room with a whole bunch of other girls and then some... People it's a horrible, come out, like, it's a horrible yeah. experience. While you're supposed to be asleep, these people come in and mm. choose, like, I want to play with this one. Mm. And then you have to go and sit with them and mm. they, like, touch you in places that you mm. don't particularly want to be touched. Mm. That's what it is that we're doing to owls in these owl cafes mm. all day. Mm. And not a, not a lot of people know that. I didn't know that like until like I, you told me about it. And I was just like, and I started researching it. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like, how... Can people do that and make it as an entertainment? Yeah. Again, like with all this entertainment with the animals, I'm, I'm definitely against it. I'm definitely not supporting it. And it's just horrible to do that to animals. So yeah, thank you for letting um, everyone know about that. And I love that vision of you in 10 years that, you know, like really making people understand and learn about animals because mm. it's supposed to be like that. Yeah. Can you believe that in Japan now the population of dogs or pets are more than the kids? I mean, the children in Japan? Yeah, well, I have zero kids, but I've got <laughs> 10 dogs. <so. laughs> and can you imagine, like, in the future, you're probably getting more dogs because there's so many yeah. pets now in Japan. 
So, Mina, I just wanted to thank you so much for letting us come here and film you and talk to you and understand what you're doing. And it's been a long time and I really, I really appreciate what you do. I really just want to acknowledge what you do for the animals and what you've been doing and we want to support you. And I hope like by this, like showing to everyone like what you're doing and if there's anything that they can help you with, like we'll all link in your information. We want to visit again, like, you know, in the future and then like see your improvements and see like how the sanctuary will, you know, will expand and grow. Yeah. Any like last words from you in terms of people in general, like about animals, like what you've learned throughout this journey of you taking care of animals and what people should know? It's just a wish at this point. I wish that more people would have respect for animals um, and not just demand it from them. They are living creatures and we share the planet with them. And we take that for granted way too much. Mm, Completely agree. Thank you, Mina. Thank you. A lot of them are sleeping now. They're very (laughs) quiet. (laughs) Except for RuPaul and Tiffany are so awake. So cute. For most of you know that I love Japanese culture and especially kimono culture. I've been wearing kimono on special occasions when I do DJ and also on our Breakfast with Tiffany show YouTube channel. One local brand that I want to show support is Hime Yuki. This local brand has plenty of beautiful accessories made out of kimono obi. They have very stylish purses and strap-like accessories. You can either use them as an accessory to your bags or even as your hairstyle. You can rearrange and make them as your accessories as different styles as you like, just like when we use our scarves. The exquisite and colorful patterns of kimono obi will definitely give your styling a touch of luxury and elegance. To all you lovely listeners and supporters of the Breakfast with Tiffany Show podcast, let's please support this amazing independent Japanese brand, Hime Yuki. It's not just you'll support the local business owner in the rural areas of Japan, but you also support the Japanese culture. It has been said that the kimono industry has been struggling to survive and remain its tradition. And that's why I support them and hopefully you'll buy and check out their very affordable accessories. It's not just good for you to have, but it can also be a perfect unique gift for your friends and loved ones. So go check their website and Instagram account to see the beautiful designs and colorful patterns of kimono obi accessories. You can find all the links on the podcast show notes. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you reach up until this last minute of the show, I am extremely grateful for you for tuning in the whole entire episode. If you enjoyed our episode today, please share it to your friends. 
You can copy and paste the link wherever you are listening to right now. Text your friend, share on your Instagram stories or your Facebook page. Tag me on your social media when you post it. I'd love to hear from you. Share your thoughts on the interview that I had today. And if it's your first time here once again, please do me a favor to subscribe on the podcast. Leave us a review. In every review, it makes me so happy. So I'm looking forward to your ratings and review on Apple Podcasts. You can impact someone's life right now by just sharing our episode today. I hope you enjoy this episode today as much as I do. And I hope you know how much you matter. How much I appreciate your time for listening. How much I love you and appreciate you. I am truly grateful for your kindness and your support. And as I always say, sprinkle kindness wherever you go. I love you and stay safe and healthy. Join us again next Tuesday for the Breakfast with Tiffany show with Tiffany Rossdale.